0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 16 through 17 about the armor of God.
1: It says, But since we are of the day... Let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, would you notice? The hope of salvation. Now, keep reading and follow the context. For God has not destined us for what? For wrath, but for obtaining salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul gives us a little bit more specifics and he says that the helmet is the hope of salvation. And then right on the right on the heels of that or right following it is God has not destined us for what? For wrath. Does that seem like an assurance verse to you? I think it is. And I think what Paul is saying the helmet is for is to bring assurance to the, the believer's life in a world of question marks on who we can depend on and who's really going to come through and who's going to keep their promises, one thing that you can know is God is true to his promises. God is the God of salvation. Uh, Psalm 127, turn there with me. Psalm 127. This is more encouragement about who the Lord is in our lives. Psalm 127, verse 1. We'll just read the first five, five verses together. It says these words. Oh, that's not the psalm I'm looking for. (laughs) The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If you know the psalm, shout it out to me. The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. It's Psalm 27. Thank you. I just put an extra one in my notes. Psalm twenty seven. Let's start let's start over. It's just so good. The Lord is my light, Psalm twenty seven, verse one, and my salvation, whom shall I fear? I want you just to think of the assurance thought that I've been giving to you, the confidence thought. The Lord is the defense of my life. Think of the armor, whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, verse two, my adversaries and my enemies. They stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be, what? Confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord and that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will conceal me In his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent, he will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. And so over and over again in our Bibles, we see salvation brings confidence. Paul says, we know if this earthly tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, eternal in the heavens. Not we hope. He says, we what? We know, we know, right? That's what the helmet is about. The helmet is about the battlefield of the mind and you as a believer being able to say, I know to whom I have entrusted my soul and I know he is able to keep it until that day. Amen? That's what it's about. It's about knowing. It's about knowing that God's promises are yes and amen. It's about Hebrews 6. Uh, this hope is the anchor of our soul it 's sure and steadfast. Go back to Ephesians chapter six and uh, it has so many implications for our lives because uh, we have a a battlefield constantly that we are going through in this life. Let me uh, just remind you of one other verse it 's romans eight um, this is verse 37, it says, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we don't have the mind of a natural man. We have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2. And with the mind of Christ, we can make proper appraisals. The spiritual man appraises all things. What does an appraiser do? He assesses what? Value. So when you have the mind of Christ, you are able to assess value properly. You're able to assess yourself properly. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we demean ourselves for our failures We don't think we're good enough, etc. But when we have the mind of Christ, we have the helmet on, and I think we have to appropriate the mind of Christ. Even though we have it as believers, I still think it's another thing we have to put on. Just like everything in our spiritual lives, it seems like it's not only one day at a time, it's one moment at a time. Amen? And so to remind yourself about the promises of God... And I'm going to end with this piece of the armor by quoting Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, second piece of armor for tonight and the final piece is the sword of the Spirit. So let's look at Ephesians 6.17 again and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and it's defined specifically here which is the Word of God. So the second piece of armor which will be number six in our list uh, is going to be the sword of the Spirit. And like many battles throughout history, I think the sword of the Spirit is a lot about a battle for freedom. Jesus in John 8 said these words. He was saying to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. It's interesting to me that the helmet of salvation followed by the sword of the Spirit speaks to me about freedom and assurance as well. When I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm as free as I can be. I'm confident in the Lord. I have the peace of God, I know where I'm going, I know why I'm here, and I even know how to deal with the onslaught of the enemy. And so I'm on the battlefield, I realize that, but I have weapons for protection and uh, offense and uh, I think scholars have said, and I think it's right to say, that the sword of the spirit is the one offensive weapon that we have in the arsenal. Every other thing that we've looked at so far in the armor has been defensive or for protection. Now we have an offensive weapon, but you know with a sword, if you've ever watched sword fighting, it's also defensive. So it was for close in fighting purposes, and this is the traditional sword of, we would point to the Roman soldier here, and it was used for offense and defense. I want you to um, turn to 1 John for a moment, 1 John chapter 2, all the way just before the book of Revelation. And look at these verses, and I know you all know how important the word of God is to your life and your effectiveness as a Christian, but let's just take a look at this section together. 1 John 2.14 says, 1 John 2.14, I've written to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, 1 John 2.14, young men, because you are strong, and what? The word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Now notice the flow of the passage. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. And what did they abide in? They had already overcome the evil one because they were abiding in what? The word of God. Now how do you abide in the word of God? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. The word abide literally means to stay close. And think of the armor of a Roman soldier. He had the sword inside his belt and his belt in the image of the armor is called the belt of truth. And he had it at the ready. He was able to pull the sword in battle because it was right there it was it was part of him part of his uniform can i say this to you tonight it's one thing to memorize the bible it's another thing to have the bible be part of you there are there are certain people i know who know bible passages the problem is is that it's really not part of them it's really not who they are so they can quote a bible verse but they don't really appropriate Bible verse it's not really alive in their life and there are other people their problem is 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 that they don't know the Bible so when they're in a given situation they can't pull the sword effectively because they don't even know how to use the sword or they don't even know if it's there they don't even have it in the tool belt sometimes but this piece of armor is the sword of the Spirit. Now, I did some research. This is um, from a couple years back, but it says only 40% of Americans know that Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount. 40% of American Christians believe that the Book of Mormon, the Koran, and the Bible all express the same spiritual truths. Only half of American adults can name any one of the four Gospels. Few believers read the Scriptures regularly. In fact, just 54% of Protestant adults read the Bible at least once a week. Even those who read the Bible rarely conduct a thorough reading of it. A Gallup poll of U.S. Christians found that only 28% regularly study the Bible to find direction for their lives. What accounts for this low rate of Bible readership? The poll asked. In a survey of more than 500 pastors, of pastors cited that the main reason for Christians not reading their Bibles is a lack of time. But I would suggest to you that it is much more than that. I would suggest to you, it's a lack of priority.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people, and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing Blessing to you. If you're a long time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844 48 Truth. That's walkintruth.com or call 844 48 Truth. We'd love to see who's
0: listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin'
1: Truth. They don't really appropriate that Bible verse. It's not really alive in their life. And there are other people, their problem is, is that they don't know the Bible. So when they're in a given situation, they can't pull the sword effectively because they don't even know how to use the sword or they don't even know if it's there. They don't even have it in the tool belt sometimes. But this piece of armor is the sword of the Spirit. Now, I did some research. This is um, from a couple years back, but it says only 40% of Americans know that Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount. 40% of American Christians believe that the Book of Mormon, the Koran, and the Bible... All express the same spiritual truths. Only half of American adults can name any one of the four Gospels. Few believers read the scriptures regularly. In fact, just 54% of Protestant adults read the Bible at least once a week. Even those who read the Bible rarely conduct a thorough reading of it a Gallup poll of U.S. Christians found that only 28% regularly studied the Bible to find direction for their lives. What accounts for this low rate of Bible readership? The poll asked. In a survey of more than 500 pastors, 47% of pastors cited that the main reason for Christians not reading their Bibles is a lack of time. But I would suggest to you that it is much more than that. I would suggest to you it's a lack of priority. Now, I know that some of you are running to and fro. And I know some of you blew in here uh, off the freeways and you're fighting the battle. But you know what? We've got to make time for what's important. And if we do not stay in the word of God regularly, and I'm not talking about law here, but I'm talking about what's most important, we are not going to be effective. Uh, the sixth piece of armor is the sword of the Spirit, but it is not the general word for uh, word here. It is the word Rama. okay? The word for... The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is rhema. It's translated, transliterated into English, R-H-E-M-A. I'm reading from the New King James Study Bible. The sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon in the believer's armor. The weapon is not necessarily the Bible as a whole, but the specific word that needs to be spoken in a specific situation that's what rhema means it means a specific word at a specific moment used to deal with the specific situation which then tells you that knowledge is required right because i got to be able to pull the right passage at the right time to apply it to the right battle okay now i know a lot of you when you listen to sermons you say please Help me with application. There was a brother who came to me Sunday and said, How do you... And it was in his eyes. You could see it. How, but but, how do you do that? You pastors, you're always preaching stuff to us. And then, how do you do it? Help! He was serious. And so let me give you some pointers practically. Number one, read your Bible. <laughs> I know, that was deep, huh? Look, if you don't read your Bible, we can't even have the conversation, okay? Because I don't know of any device or thing that's been invented that will cause it to seep into your mind automatically, okay? If you come up with something, let me know. Now, there are ear gates. Of course, you can listen to sermons on the radio. I think that's very helpful. Um, and And there's statistics about how much you retain of what you hear, and how much you retain retain of what you read, and how much you retain of what you hear and read, and how much you retain of what you hear and watch. But you know what? There's a guarantee of retention that is found in one word, and the word is called memorization. And you retain, get this, 100% of what you memorize. I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. But it's true. 100% of what you memorize, you retain. You know why? Because you memorized it. So, what do you do? Well, look. Here's a practical point. I stole it from another pastor, but I think you appreciate it. If you memorized one Bible verse a week, which is not hard, you would have 52 Bible verses memorized at the end of a year. And you all know that there's about at least 52 critical verses that you could use to bring out when you're dealing with the enemy. Amen? Where's that again? What do you do? What? what? Now, I know some of you need ginkgo biloba. All right? Is that my memory? It's horrible! I can remember jingles from the 70s and 80s. I can sing them. But Bible verses, okay. Look, maybe you need some extra vitamins. I won't argue with you. But you know what? Memorization takes just a little bit of work and you can do it. And all of a sudden, the Word of God will become a part of you so much so that you'll be ready. I have so much scripture in my brain not because I'm a systematic type of memorization guy. I've done some of that. But because I am so I spend so much time in study and preparation that verses just tend to flow out of me. I can't even tell you how it all works mechanically. I just know it's in there and it comes out. And by God's grace, it tends to come out at the right time. So so it's a rhema word. It's for a specific situation. Now think of your Bible. Was there someone that we could look to and say, you know what? If ever there was a person who knew how to pull a rhema word out in, in a temptation, here's the guy. You know who he was? Jesus Christ. And the devil came to him and he was... Uh, driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit right after his baptism, right after the Father said, he opened the clouds and he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for how many days? 40 days. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the number 40 is to take you back to the 40 years of what? Wandering in the wilderness. What they failed to do, being tempted by the devil, he will do. He will stand strong where they fell to temptation. That's that's the connection. So he's as our merciful and faithful high priest, he goes and he's got to be tempted by the devil. And Luke seems to indicate that over the 40-day period, he was tempted over and over again. And he had not eaten anything for 40 days. Now, scientifically, that is possible. But they say you, you pass a threshold where... When you're on a fast, uh, you're hungry, hungry, hungry and then you stop being hungry and at day 40 you become hungry again and your body knows you're dying. If you don't get food, you're dead. And the devil comes to him and says, well, if you're the son of God and you could translate it, since you're the son of God, ta- uh, command these what? Stones to become bread. Now in the area that Jesus was, there's pictures you can see him in Bible dictionaries. There's a bunch of limestone rocks around and they strangely look like loaves of bread and the devil said hey here's the implication God's not taking care of you aren't you the son of God why haven't you eaten for 40 days we don't eat for 40 minutes I'm famished right or do you ever do this you have that clock at the drive-thru why did they ever put that clock there it's been 2 minutes and 42 seconds they go to Mexico for that burrito what's going on (laughs) We do this stuff like that. I'm suffering here. Haven't eaten since 40 minutes ago or whatever. That's teenagers actually. That's what they do. And Jesus responded, It is written. Single word is "gegraptai" in Greek. The idea of the language is it stands written. Man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when he quotes that, he's quoting it from the setting of the wilderness wanderings of Israel and what God was trying to drive into their souls is it's not about the bread, guys.
0: You've been listening to The Armor of God, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians six sixteen through 17 Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, you may be asking the question, how do I explain the armor of God to a non-Christian friend or family member? And that's an interesting question because uh, the idea of spiritual warfare to many people is a bit strange. So the concept of needing armor might be even more strange to them. However, you all know that there's stories out there about ghosts and hauntings and things like that, and people are intrigued with the dark side or the occult, we might say. And so when you explain spiritual warfare in that setting, that it's protection against that which is evil, many people will get your drift. And maybe they don't understand all the spiritual dynamics in terms of biblical theology, but it might give you an entree. You might say, hey, I'm studying this and here's why. And here's what the Bible says. And who knows, the Lord may even use the armor of God for you to share the good news of the gospel. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and we have an exciting event happening at Living Truth, where I serve as senior pastor in the beautiful city of Corona. It is Harvest Fest. It's a Halloween alternative. And of course, it happens on Halloween evening. And it is from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. We're going to have uh, trunks of treats this year. So we'll have several cars, 20-something cars, all decked out with harvest or biblical themes and with a chance to share the gospel and hand out candy and have a good time. And uh, this is happening on the 31st. It's Sunday night this year. And we want to invite you to come. There's going to be trunks of treats. There's going to be music games, a cakewalk, and much, much more. It'll be a great time for you and the family. So if you live anywhere near the Inland Empire, come out to our Harvest Fest. You can find out more when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you.
0: And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians chapter six, verses 16 through 17 about the armor of God. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.